podcast listeners and you here for another episode of the Freedom Formula. I'm here with my boy, Connor. What's going on, Connor? You know, man, just living another day, uh, the, living the dream one more day. So it's, everything's good out here. So Connor, I was, I was, for everyone listening, I was doing a little bit of research on Connor before this, and I saw his name was Connor Loftus. And I was like, oh, interesting. We interviewed a guy named Mike Loftus a couple years ago in Orange County as well, who has a landscaping mm-hmm. company. And I was digging and I realized that's Connor's brother, Mike. And Mike's company is called Connor's Landscaping. And yep. Connor's company is called Mike's Fencing. So that's hilarious. Yeah, man. We we definitely, it's one of those things you like thought it was a good idea right when you're 22. You're like, oh, this will be really fun. Like, it's hilarious to name stuff after each other. And like, here we are. It's still that. And it's it's awesome. It's a fun thing we have like between brothers. And like whenever I show up to like his company Christmas party, they're, I'm like, oh, this is this is the real Pepe. Like, you know, this is Connor here and then vice versa. Yeah. So we like, we had called each other's names every day. Um, it's hilarious, but it's fun. It's a, it's a brother thing. So That's awesome, man. And I'll post a link in the show notes. It's episode 41 with Mike, who's an absolute beast, by the way. So I, I love what he's doing in the landscaping space. Uh, cool. Well, Connor, we're going to dive a little bit more into your story over here and what you've been doing. So uh, Connor runs a company called Mike's fencing, they do fencing, but before that, he did a bunch of other things. Uh, Connor, do you mind going into your background, what you're doing now, and what you're working on? Of course, of course. So, uh, a few <laughs> years ago, I, after college, I was a management consultant. Uh, you know, went to a good school, and that's pretty traditional for a lot of mm-hmm. people. Um, while I was doing this, my brother was running his landscape business. So, it's really early days. I have to see what his life looked like and what my life looked like. So, I was suit and tie work. Work with really smart people all the time. He was like, you know, mowing lawns. And for yep. some reason, like, I was really drawn to, I want to know. I don't know what it's going to be, but I knew that like, I needed to business. It's like, a, it's like a calling, you know, which I think a lot mm. of people probably describe it that way. Like, I started to uh, be able to not imagine my career without doing my own thing. So after a few years of doing consulting, saved up a little bit of money. Uh, moved back to California and decided that I want to start a business. Um, so I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, skills that weren't that translatable to, you know, a lot of business I was looking at. But I yeah. made a few websites, um, started running some ads, and um, and things kind of hit. Um, so I tried, the first two things I tried were solar panel cleaning mm-hmm. and fencing at the same time. I always thought the solar panel cleaning made a lot more sense, and that would be kind of, uh, what was going to kind of take me there. But I realized like, it's funny, like fencing, everyone said like, that's a terrible idea. Everyone's, you know, there's a million fence companies. Like, why would you be a fence company? Yeah. Um, and that was the one that really <laughs> took off. Um, so I got a lot of traction with that business relatively early. Uh, Whereas solar panel cleaning, it felt like just a bad every single day. Like you go on and like cold calling, trying to get customers, trying to do ads. And just like, it, like you're working really hard for a few hundred dollars. Whereas a fence, like you could sell a fence and it'd be 10 grand or something like that. Um, you know what's funny, Connor? I, I actually posted a Twitter thread today on like my top five ideas I'm not going to execute on. One of them yeah. was solar panel cleaning. Um, yeah, yeah. Can, tell, me, tell me a little bit about that. Like to me, it's logical. Like, okay, you need to get it clean. It's a no-brainer. We can maybe send the drone up, make it super easy. Who knows? But why did that not really work? So that's there's a few different reasons why. Um, so <laughs> On the like on the surface, no pun intended, solar panel cleaning makes a lot of sense, right? Like cleaning gets more power. Why would people not want to do it? And right. that's great for a commercial facility, something that's really big that has a lot of solar panels. But if you have 15, 20 solar panels on your roof, it is still good to clean it, but it 
dealt, like how much benefit you're getting from getting them cleaned isn't as much as a commercial facility. So it's like that it's, people aren't willing to pay as much for residential. Um, and commercial, the problem is since anything that's a commodity. So it's like, all you do is clean this and then you get paid. I'm like, mm-hmm. they, how much money they make is dependent on how much money you cost. So yep. it's a race to the bottom. It's all based on price. Um, so a lot of times like you're just quoting people and whoever's the cheapest gets the job. It's not customer service. It's not like, mm-hmm. you know, your reviews. It's not a lot of other things that, um, that in other industries, you know, might, you might win with. So yeah. um, I think it was like, it's so, it's like a logistics or something. It's like, all right, moving from point A to point B, it's who's, who could do it the cheapest for me. I don't really care how it gets done. So I think that was, that was something I ran into that I wouldn't expect. I still think it's a good business as more of like an add-on service rather than yeah. your main thing. Because if you're already cleaning windows or, you know, pressure washing, if you're already at someone's house or at the facility, Thing that on it, it makes a lot of sense. So I also think like the sometimes when I explain services which are good and bad for people to get into, um, I usually say if it's going to be low ticket, it better be high recurring. If it's going to yes. be high ticket, chances are it's going to be low recurring. And I think solar planter cleaning is the one where it's low ticket and low recurring. Yes, um, that's when it's like it's the worst of both worlds. Now I think about it, versus I think fencing, which is high ticket but low recurring. Low recurring. Yep. Yep. And I think that is a fantastic way to look at it. It's really hard to scale a business that is low ticket, low recurring, because it's just like, there's your, you know, there's this thing, like it's the sales treadmill, right? That like, you're like, you're constantly having to go get new work. And that's the only way you keep afloat is getting new work. And the best, like, you don't want to, you want to be able to sell 10, $20,000 things, not a hundred, 200, $300 things. Yeah, which maybe in the beginning it's fine to do that to get started, but eventually you want like it just takes a lot of brain damage to be able For to do sure. that. Connor, walk me through like when you left your job for management consulting, were you just like, yeah, this is great, I have enough cash, I'm just going to quit and figure this out later? Like, what was? Walk me through that time period. Were you saying like, should I do something inside? Also, you just had to go all in. What was your mental state at that point? I, um, you know, looking back, I think it's probably smart to like start as a side hustle, but I went all in right away. I, mm. I, I knew it was going to work and I knew there's no other way for me to like have a career other than doing this, doing yeah. something, you know, on my own. Um, and I was also working in Philadelphia at the time and wanted to move back home to Southern California. Um, so you had no so plan. I, You're just like, I'm going to quit and I'll figure it out. Yes, that was it. I had a lot of ideas. I interviewed a lot of people, um, like, you know, a lot of small businesses that I was interested in. I, I talked to the owner which it's amazing. People are really willing to talk to you uh, when you're interested in their business because like not a lot of people, you know, want to hear about a cleaning business or a donut shop or, you know, whatever, like it's like very flattering for these people to, you know, have someone reach out. And Connor, what was the main reason you wanted to get out of a nine to five? That's an amazing question. Um, You know, man, I had a great job with Mm. a great boss, great people, interesting work. And I felt unbelievably unfulfilled. Hmm. All the things kind of lined up. It's what I, you know, studied kind of operations in college. It's like everything was like. I'm sorry, Neil. I think I cut out there. Um, yep. So, no worries. You cut off for a little bit, but I think where you were is you were just saying that, um, 
<clears throat> everything was good, but you just were unfulfilled and you're going into why. Yeah. So I was unfulfilled and um, I realized that I, I wanted to have control over my own future. Like I got to mm -hmm. see my brother like slinging, you know, little landscape jobs, doing different things. And that was a very influential for me is like, I, I'd rather be on my own and kind of like the wild west of small business yep. um, and be able to make it for myself than work for someone else. And I, yep. you, you can't know that sometimes without actually doing it. So like yep. working for some, I always thought I want to be an entrepreneur, but like working for someone else who's amazing, by the way, it wasn't like it was like a bad job. It's a great job, but um, I just realized I can't not do this. So it's like a, if you're an artist, like you need to, mm. like I, mm. I felt like that's the similar way with this. Like I need to, run a business regardless of what it is it could yeah know, i want to open a donut shop at first which i'm so happy i didn't do yeah there's so many yeah. mistakes i i could have done but i didn't do made plenty yeah. along the way but some i avoided um, so how'd you decide on the business models you decided to test out which is solar panel cleaning and fencing was it just like oh, i'm trying out a bunch of stuff these happened to be two ideas which popped up somehow in life and i thought about them and decided to execute them or what how did you come up with these ideas uh, great question so solar panel cleaning makes there's very logical Right. Shit. Similar to you, mm -hmm. I was like, this makes great sense. I love it. Let's go do it. Went to a solar conference, bought a brush, met the people doing it. I was like, this is makes a lot of sense. Fencing, mm -hmm. on the other hand, my brother did a lot of projects and he would say, hey, man, we always need a fence guy. Why don't you just make a website and see what happens? I'll help you out along the way. Mm -hmm. So I had I did not think that was going to work, uh, but, you know, ended up working. Um, Why did you so think I, it was not going to work? Because... I a, don't know anything about construction. I do now, but I didn't at that point. I'd not mm -hmm. grow up in the trades at all. You know, like never used a drill, never did anything. So I think not knowing so much and like thinking like, how do I differentiate within something like this? It's like, I, I thought it'd be really hard to differentiate and like just a bland service like fencing, mm -hmm. uh, which turned out to be really, really easy to differentiate. And um, I think anything within home service, uh, you could have better customer service than most other companies in your area. That's something yep. you could always win on. And something I didn't realize in the beginning and now looking back, I, I do understand is uh, your biggest competitive advantage when you first start out is you. So a lot of mm -hmm. bigger companies, more experienced companies, their owner isn't necessarily involved with it anymore. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> whereas in the beginning, you're doing everything. So people like they want to interact with the owner. Like you have energy, you have enthusiasm, and that's going to help you win work in the beginning and all I, I love home service because it's so easy to get momentum. Like looking at a lot of other business models and different things, there's nothing that's as easy to like get started and actually win at than home service. Like it's almost, hmm. I would say it's almost guaranteed in like a basic bland service, like your home cleaning, fencing, landscape, painting, you, and it's almost guaranteed that you can win. Like there's all, like sometimes there's caps on how big you could go, but getting started and be able to like build a life for yourself is like very doable within these industries. Yeah. And it's, I think in large part due to the fact that you just have to have better customer service. Like you said, like, I think you also yeah. mentioned at one point that uh, your parents are trying to find a fencing company and they couldn't. And you're like, Oh, all I need to do is better customer service. And I'm going to win. And that yeah. just so, a market for you as well. Exactly. And that kind of like led me to, uh, you know, an idea. So my parents wanted to have a horizontal, you know, those modern horizontal, cool looking fences. And yeah, um, they're super popular out in Southern California, Miami, mm -hmm. Palm Springs, those kind of areas. And um, they couldn't find anyone. All the companies said, we can't do it. We can't do it. And I was like, screw it, man. What's let's be the horizontal fence company. I mm -hmm. decided all my branding, we built one horizontal fence. I was like everywhere. I was like, this is what we do. This is who we are. 
and oh, so right you went away niche on it. Okay. I went super niche and everyone right away um you know just assumed that like, oh, did you build my you know, my neighbor's fence? You built the guy down the street, huh? Because you're the you are the horizontal fence company. And I love I, that. we had done yeah. a few jobs. It was it was interesting kind of niching down. Eventually we kind of like expanded the niche. Um, but niching down is really helpful because you become the guy and it's much easier right. to win and like have premium pricing when you are the guy, you know, in, in a certain yeah. niche. And so how much is an average ticket for fencing? So average ticket is usually between like three and eight grand. Um, it's okay. probably an average ticket. We do a lot of jobs that are like the 15 to 20 range. Very rarely yeah. we do something in like the 50, you know, the 50 grand range. We've done yeah. some like 50 to 80,000, but that's a kind of a wild fence. Um, Three to eight is pretty time, reasonable, like actually. I thought it'd be more yep. than that. I've, I've never ordered fencing, so I have no concept of this, but I would assume it'd be more than that. Yep. So we do a lot of small projects. And um, something that's counterintuitive is that the smaller project, so like that three to eight grand range is much more profitable than a large project. Large projects mm. invariably take longer <laughs> than you think they're going to take. Customers yeah. are much more picky. And they, by the end, it's like usually not a great feeling after if you've been at someone's house for like three weeks, they just want you out of there. Yeah, Whereas yeah. if you're in and out in a day, two days, you get paid really quickly. And you really, there's less variability. So you know how much money you're going to make on each job. Yeah. It's also kind of a feeling because the place looks so much better after you put a fence in. So you're like, you can actually <laughs> tangibly see the result too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's actually amazing that, uh, that before and after it's like a, it's definitely a side benefit. And I think like our, my employees, my guys, they enjoy that part of it too. They're really, you know, like my guys, yeah. my guys are my company, you know, like I, you can't have a company like this without a great team. Yep. They, they're every day, man. They send me a picture of the fence. Like, look at this one. It looks so good. And if something's not right, they take ownership of it and like make sure it looks good because they care. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's a, that's a big benefit. How, Connor, getting customers, like this is, I don't know if I call it a luxury item, but it's not a need to have item, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, unless you are going to places where it's new construction and they, they need to have a fence for the residential home. How do you find customers right now? Yep. So we have kind of like two angles. Um, there's Yelp. Uh, we, we pay for Yelp ads, okay. which out on the West Coast, Yelp is kind of an 800 pound gorilla. Other places, yep. maybe not going to drive as much, um, as many leads, but out here, right. it's huge. So Yelp is kind of our main source. And then SEO is another way that people find us. Um, so a few years ago, I was listening to a sweaty song. Mm -hmm. about, like, you got like Nick Huber was like talking about you know, write an article on your business, write all these like helpful things. So I went home and like wrote like three articles and one of them, for whatever reason, the algorithms really like. And so we've hmm. had, you know, tens of thousands of people come to our website because of this one article that I wrote two and a half years ago. Wow. Which, you know, drives revenue for us because like people come and they read and they're like, okay, that's interesting. Like I want to get a quote. Now. Yep. Um, so basic stuff like that. But like, those are, those are kind of our two things. And fencing, um, fencing is nice because of two reasons. It isn't nice to have in a lot of situations, but there's like a definite need. So if your fence yeah. has fallen over, you need a new fence. Like you yep. don't necessarily want to be looking at your neighbor all the time, or it's like a safety hazard having a fence falling down. Hmm. Um, and then other things, dogs and kids, those are great things for us. So if someone has, gets a dog, they want to use their front yard. It doesn't have a fence. It doesn't have gates or they like, you know, have a baby. They want to secure the area. They yeah. need a fence. Um, mm. So that's like one, you know, it's, you get to define someone's boundary and like help them like reclaim space with fences. Yeah. And uh, Connor, when you launched, 
um, how quickly did you get to like 10,000 per month in revenue? Or like, can you talk yeah, you through your growth trajectory when you start? And you started in 2017 or so? When was it? Uh, yeah, about 2018, actually. I was looking okay. back on it. So it's been yeah. a little over five years. Uh, cool. So kind of define the trajectory as like, first year is literally just figuring it out. Like, okay, mm-hmm. survive, figure out like, how can we do this? Like, how can we? Um, so we, we actually made probably about a couple hundred thousand in our first year, like first full calendar year doing it okay. um, in sales. And then the next year was kind of our, our growth curve. So we really expanded pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So went from a couple hundred thousand to really low seven figures. And that was kind of like wow. a big revenue jump. Um, so I think we had four times, three or four times in one year. What do you attribute was, that, that uptick to? Was it just like Yelp ads was finally hitting or what was it? Yeah, the Yelp ads finally hitting and getting the crews. So hmm. we, we, we don't have, a lot of people have a subcontractor model. We have employees. So having the employees to do the work is one of the most important parts. Like California, they have really tough rules, uh, yeah. as you probably know. Um, and especially for like contracting and trades, like you need to yeah. have your own guys. Um, so having the, like, the second year, we finally figured out like the right guys to have and able to like and able to grow um so that was mm. that was kind of our big our big change um, so in the beginning we hired people that are carpenters so they're like generalists and then eventually i um i found a specialist within fencing i actually went to a um competitor's job site talked to one of their head guys ended up picking him off which was kind of like a huge turning oh, wow. point for us just because they had the systems the process yeah. which i didn't have yet um so it's kind of it's kind of sketchy doing it, but I would recommend you know like if you if you don't know how like a system should work, it's very helpful to like talk to competitors. Got it, gotcha. Uh-huh. So that she so got to a million dollars relatively quick in two or three years, right? Yeah, about two or three years. I think it's about it's probably a third year <laughs> in full like fully business, but it's not a good million dollars. Like it's uh, it was a very low profit. Like you know like there's a lot of mistakes you make along the way, and like. Yeah. And that's, so it was like good to like kind of get up on like, get up on our feet there. And then, then like the following year we focused on profitability. So I like every year I've, I kind of have a theme each year of like what mm. I like we want to work on. So the first year is figured out. Second year is get revenue, get sales. The third year was get profitable. The fourth year was like create systems where I could start getting myself out of the business. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's been kind of, and that's been, now it's, now we're at year five or so. It's kind of a combination of a lot of things, but um, yeah. from a high level, Hunter, what, that's how it's working. What do profit margins look like for this type of business? It's a great question. So generally, healthy profit margins are 15 to 20%. Um, mm. So there are guys that have the claim that 25, 30, 50%. And that is, they're, they're A, either doing all the work themselves or mm. B, doing something illegal, at least in California. Um, Got it. So I've seen guys that are, you know, say they're making 40%, but, you know, they're either not paying workers comp or they're not paying taxes, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, that will eat into your profit margins. Is the biggest cost labor or is it buying the material? It's, it's about split. So okay. most of the time, <laughs> like it's about 30 to 35% for labor, 30 to 35% for uh, materials. Okay. Got it. So you're at gotcha. 60 to 70%, you know, for your hard costs. And then all the soft costs, overhead, um, insurance, all that kind of stuff, gas, come up with a, the, the yeah. final 10 to 15. 
Connor, when you and I are talking about this, like if someone's brand new entrepreneur, entrepreneurship and they're like, you're saying workers comp, 35%, all this stuff to figure out, it seems like so much stuff to figure out. So yeah. like, what would you advise someone to saying who's thinking about getting entrepreneurship, who's hearing a lot of this and just feels overwhelmed? You know, that's, so the thing I would highly recommend, and I've, I've seen you talk about this as well, is to get started. Um, mm. So there's a lot of things that you don't know. Like there's like, how does workers comp work? How does getting, you know, payroll taxes work? How do I wouldn't figure like worry about that at all in the beginning. I'm in the beginning, yep. just get sales. It's yep. talking to people, figure out, don't worry about your systems. Don't worry about anything. Never. Like one thing I like, I always made a pro forma before trying something, which is you just don't need to do. Like you don't yeah. need to figure out like, what if I, in a perfect <laughs> world, how much money am I making? Like, no. I, it's like, going to go out the window anyway. There's no point. It's going out the window. Like you, like sending it and and trying, I think is probably the best way to go. Um, yeah. So I, I wouldn't worry about all that stuff. There are companies that can help you out with that a lot. ADP mm. is a big one. Paychecks, these different companies that can help you get set up with all that stuff. Uh, with mm. you know for taxes and for workers' comp and everything. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So like you said, just getting started, you learn stuff along the way and. I, I really like what you said before, just reaching out to people who are already doing it. So many people are willing to help. It's not like, you know, you're reaching out to a, a super high profile tech CEO who has a million people reaching out to them. You're contacting a fencing company or a cleaning company and saying, hey, I'm trying yeah. to get into this. What do you think about? They don't get contacted that much. I think it's very easy to be able to do that and actually get a response. And it's amazing how much time it can shave off of your growth curve. Yeah. Um, talking to these people, like they can... They can teach you a lot, man. Like I, um, having the systems in place and having like having someone that's done it before that can teach you, it saves you a couple of years. I, like I, I you know, I, my brother, like that's already kind of like, kind of on a tangential thing, helped me, you know, probably skip a year at least, you know, of like trial and error of how to get customers and how, how it all works. So I think having a mentor or having a system that you buy into um, or coach, all that kind of stuff is, is very helpful. Definitely. And um, Connor, are you working on this full-time still or are you working on other projects as well? So, you know, the entrepreneurial bug, man, it just never leaves. <laughs> so working on a few different things. Um, mm. I would say about three to four years in, um, I started kind of like looking at what my life would look like if all I did was fencing and Years, ten years. Um, I looked at the people that are a little ahead of me in this, and and I realized that that's not necessarily what I want to do. I don't want to have a really big fence company. That's just, I think, for a lot of people, that's awesome. It just wasn't that attractive to me, right? Um, so I, you know, a couple of years ago, I started looking at alternative things to go and do, um, either buy or to start. Um, and the thing that I want to do is have something that's recurring revenue. Right uh, hmm. Like I said before, the sales cycle, it's, it's constant. Like you constantly need to get more work and you're always worried like, Hey, like, you know, we're a week. Like, we need to get jobs. So like my guys can get paid so they could feed their yeah. families. Like it's, it's yeah. much easier when you have like a set book of work that, you know, like you could add on, um, and it's easier to compound, you know? So it's hmm. like all, like every time you sell someone, they, they're already adding to something you have, um, it's much easier to grow that way. So a couple of years ago, that's why I started looking at different things. Last year, uh, while still running the fence business. So last mm. year I bought a landscape, main, uh, landscape maintenance business, really small uh, in the area. Uh, that's mm. recurring revenue. Um, what is landscape maintenance mean? 
so that's mowing grass, trimming bushes, fertilizing, um, doing those kind of things. And, but you go Got to it. the same place every week. So it, my guys so is it go, commercial or is it residential? It's a mix. It's a mix of residential okay. and commercial. Um, so commercial is great because they are not headaches. Like they, they, they pay you and it's, it's all good. Residential, there's people have a more of a proclivity for headaches, uh, but yeah. not, it's not that bad, but they also do a lot of projects. So, you okay. know, you're kind of there with the catch Smith. So if they want to trim their trees, if they want to, you know, put new grass in, you're the guy that they're, that's going to do these projects that are like a little yep. bit higher margin, bigger dollar. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's been, you know, it's, it's a great business model. I think it's easier to buy into something that's recurring revenue than build it. Um, mm. because it's, you know, you have a set book of business when you walk in and that's easier to build on top of instead of like, you know, trying to, like you have to do the physical work in the beginning, uh, or have right. a subcontractor that'll do it if, uh, you know, if you start it. Yep. That makes sense. Very cool, man. Um, yeah. Connor, if people want to get a hold of you, ask you about your business, just follow you. Where can they find you? Uh, Twitter's probably the best spot. Um, mm -hmm. so it's, um, I think blue collar Ivy is, uh, my name, we're in blue collar. I went to an Ivy League school, so I thought that would be, uh, that would be the handle I chose. Um, but yeah, that would be great. I'm on there and always talking about different business stuff and, you know, different, constantly like working on new tools, new ideas. Cool. Love it, man. Well, for everyone listening, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Freedom Formula, and we will catch you next week. Bye.